Alright folks, as always, we are back. This is the AEW Insider, and I'm your host, Lee Benz. Tonight we're covering two different topics on the show. Of course, first off, we have the results from Fighter Fest, AEW's pay-per-view. It was fucking amazing. And then second, I do have uh, the results from Ring of Honor's Best in the World pay-per-view last night, which had a lot of good stuff in it also. But let's get into Fighter Fest, man. My adrenaline's still going. It just went off the air a couple minutes ago, and they did not disappoint, man. AEW is here to stay, and this is what we want. This is what's been missing, and they are delivering. They're firing on all cylinders. All right, they did a surprise three-way tag match in a pre-show. As I suggested, there were only two matches in a pre-show. Um, the beginning of the show, when, they, when wrestlers and uh, music events and shows always say, uh, excuse me, the card is subject to change, it definitely did at the beginning in a pre-show anyway. They did a surprise three-way tag match. It was my peeps, Private Party, the tag team, who are awesome. If you don't know Private Party, you will know. Uh, SCU's Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. And then my other peeps, Trent Beretta and Chunky T, the best friends. I love Private Party, uh, but I got to go with... And I'm making my pick now because I didn't know about this yesterday when I did my predictions. I love Private Party, but I got to go with Chunky T and Beretta. And literally, I was writing this as it was going on. So it's not like I watched it and made my picks, what have you. I don't play like that. So I was writing this review as I was watching the, the show itself. So like I said, Chunky T and Trent Beretta, uh, best friends for the win. Uh, and they did win it. But holy fuck, was it an amazing match. Part of Private Party did not disappoint. The match had so many close calls and spots, it was insane. The crowd was eating out of their hands. It was so sick. It's a must-watch. Uh, it will definitely be hard to top. Uh, best friends so far are undefeated in AEW. And I think the winners fight at Fight for the Fallen for maybe tag belts. I'm not sure. Because uh, I didn't even know this match was going on. So I don't know the stipulations. But I thought I heard him say something like that in the end. <clears throat> and the match was over. The best friends stood in the ring celebrating. And the whole arena went dark. The Titan Tron well, went on. And if you watched... Uh, excuse me... If you watch it all in, you've seen that tag team debut. It's a big, fat guy, a skinny guy that looks like he's from the Viking experience from WWE. And then they have their minions who make his, uh, the human throne and the fat guy sits on them. Well, it was the fat guy with the human throne and his Viking buddies, and they were talking that talk. And then the lights went out, and the minions surrounded the rings. The best friends didn't know what to do. They surrounded for about a minute or two. The lights went off again, and the minions were gone. But you got to watch that match. Like I said, it's going to be hard to top for the uh, rest of the pay-per-view because those guys tore the roof off. They then show the Bucks cutting a promo backstage. It was a doc mockumentary about Fighter Fest, how everything's going crazy and nothing's going right, yada, yada. Uh, and then uh, they stopped Kenny because that's who they were mad about it, and their luggage got lost, so they had no gear. Kenny said, don't worry, I got the seamstress working on it, and uh, the gear's going to be done. They said, you think it's going to show up? It's going to be done? They said, yeah. So I thought the gear was going to be effed up, but I'll let you know about that when we get to that match. 
Uh, since Kenny did spend so much of the budget on the ring gear, he said he spent half the budget, they had to cut costs. Uh, the stage was decorated awesome. It was like an outside beach. They had a little swimming pool. They had like, you know, a little stage area for the band. Uh, they had a bunch of stuff. They had models on stage. They had the little uh, uh, FEMA tents that they had at the real fighter fest. It was good. But since he spent half the budget, they had to replace half of the live female models on the stage with mannequins. So that was pretty funny. All right. After that, we did. It was supposed to be Kylie Ray versus Leva Bates. Uh, Leva Bates took the stage. She did her shh, the librarian, be quiet for the crowd. Uh, Leva looks smoking hot, I'm telling you. She's got a nice rump on her. I didn't even know, but she's hot. Uh, the other librarian, Peter Avalon, was actually hiding at one of the tents on stage. He ripped it apart, and he uh, attacked the mannequin, and he followed her to the ring. Even though these guys should be hating each other because they have the same uh, gimmick, and they were both hired for the same thing, I think they're actually going to have each other's back. So he stayed outside the ring for the match and helped her out, which was cool. Uh, after that all happened, Allie's music hit. Allie with Rosemary from Impact. It was supposed to be Leva Bates, the librarian, versus Kylie Ray. It wasn't. It was Allie from Impact. So as soon as I knew her, I knew she was going to friggin' win because they are going to give it to her. But I was hoping Leva would, to be honest. It was a lackluster match. I was not impressed at all. Maybe if it was later in the card, it would have been a tad better. But if it's, it's, like I said, that last match is so hard to follow. Like It had to be really, really something spectacular to even compare. And it wasn't. It was kind of weak to be honest uh let me see but it was always and then it was real cool a nice spot in the match is that leaving a librarian her finishing move or her signature i don't know because she didn't win with it it was the pedigree and it's always cool seeing somebody besides triple h using a pedigree uh, Peter Avalon tried getting involved a couple times in a match. At the end, he threw his book at Allie, trying to hit her with it, and said she caught it. The ref went at to yell at him for throwing a book. She threw the book at Leva, and then she kicked her in her chest, and she got the one, two, three. In two weeks, she will be fighting Brandy Rhodes to fight for the Fall Fallen. So it will be Allie with her first one in AEW versus Brandy. We'll talk about Brandy in a little bit. Uh, they then cuts to another backstage promo with Kenny Omega, uh, trying to get the show and festival in order, get the stage set up for the band. And uh, Brandon Cutter came and told them that the band's dropped out, just like the real Fighter Fest that they didn't even really have, Fire Fest. But uh, the band dropped out, and he said Blink-182 dropped out, which was cool. Uh, and then they did show the empty band area, so you knew they were going to use that later on. After that was the final match of the pre-show, and it was awesome. It was Michael Nakazawa versus Alex Jabaley. Alex Jabaley is like the CEO of the CEO Big Video Game Tournament, and these guys have history. The match was fucking awesome. They had so many great spots. They had the crowd chanting, holy shit, and it was hardcore, so they went all in, no pun intended. Uh, they did not be, need blood or anything like that. Like I said, they had the crowd eating out of their hands. Uh, Jabaley can wrestle. He did very good. I was very, very impressed. They took it from the ring into the pool area. They act like they were drowning each other. Michael Nakazawa got dumped into the pool. Blah, 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 what have you. Towards the end, though, Jabaley got this bag out, and he dumped it in the ring. They said it was buttons, and these buttons had pictures of his face on it. But literally, they were legit shaped like Legos. So you know everybody's worst fear and what hurts the most if you step on Legos. Um, he, he dumped Nakazawa right on top of the whole Lego pile on his back. 
back, so that was insane. Nakazawa's got a crazy move too. I don't know if it's his finisher, well, because you know AEW's just starting. I don't know him that great, but he actually reaches in his tights and he pulls a dong out. It's his dong, of course, dogs in his tights, but he acts like it's on his body. He pulls it out, but it's stuffed in there, which you can't see with his baby oil he uses also. But he takes the the dong and he puts it around his hand like McFoley does with mankind. And instead of Sako, I guess it's dongo, like he smothers your face with it, which is fucking nasty, but it's awesome. Uh, but in the end, not Michael Nakazawa got the win, and that's why I picked yesterday. Uh, let me see. And uh, I can't get the women's match what I picked yesterday because they switched the people in it. But anyway, the pre-show kicked ass, so let's get on to the main card real quick. The main card showed Moxie cutting a promo. He said he told Michael Nakazawa and Jeff Jabaley to leave that stuff in the ring, referring to all the weapons they just used on each other. He said he'll show them how to use them. He said if you don't know who John Moxley is, after tonight you will. And then we were on to the main show. The opening match of the night was Christopher Daniels versus Sima. Uh, my pick was Sima. There is this is no new feud. This is no new feud. The first time these two fought was 1999, 20 years ago, and they've had tons of other battles in between them. But it was another lack, lackluster match. Two legends. It wasn't bad by any means, but I was not left in awe or excitement. It was decent. So far, the way so far the great match had the crowd. Uh, excuse me, the way it really went was the first match was good, then it died down. Then the other match was good, then it died down. So it's like a seesaw. I guess it's a good balance. I don't know, but it was all right. But in the end, Sima won, and Sima's going to be fighting somebody in the next pay per view. I forget who it is. Kenny Omega or somebody? No, Omega's fighting. Uh, I forget who it is, but somebody begging. You know, Sima's good. You can tell they wanted to showcase who he was. Uh, after that, you did have the female three-way match. It was Yuka versus Rio versus Nyla Rose. This match should pick the pace back up. And like I said, I'm, I'm writing this while I'm watching it. These are my thoughts, and I'll give the I mean the results. Uh, Nyla, Rats, uh, Nyla Rose switched up her ring gear, and thank God. I'm not knocking her about being big, because I'm a big dude myself. Uh, just the last pay-per-view, her fishnet thing and her whole belly was exposed. I was just like, well, it looked crazy to me. But her new ring gear is way better. It's a good choice, gal. But enough about her clothes. After watching this match, all I have to say about Nyla Rose is holy fuck. That woman is a beast in a ring. Amazing and so entertaining. I didn't know too much about her. Now I know why she was hired and she's going to do big things in this company. I'm serious. Mark my words. As long as she stays injury free. I can't get over how amazing she was. There was no... Uh, excuse me. Uh, there was... There was a real, real bad botch between herself, Rio, and Yuka and Nyla. Uh, excuse me, it was a bad botch between Rio and Yuka. They went to do a move that was supposed to go into a small package, but they missed—excuse uh, me—grabbing each other, and they totally fucked it up. But Yuka covered it pretty good. And then Nyla Rose had an amazing spot later. Rio was like hanging over the top rope by her stomach with her head down, pointed to the map. Nyla Rose literally hopped from the ring apron onto the top rope. That's right, that big woman. Like like her, hopped from the apron right onto the top rope, didn't even stop, and then she hit it with some like flying knee guillotine off the top rope, and it was awesome. In the end, my pick Rehope did pick up the window. Like, um, like I guess, this match put the pay-per-view right back in the gear. The crowd at the match was once again chants of holy shit, and this is awesome. Uh, 
Uh, next up, it was a four-way match. It was Adam Page versus Jimmy Havoc versus Jungle Boy versus my dog, MJF. And in this one, I did pick MJF, of course. Uh, MJF took to the ring first, and he ripped the audience a new a-hole. Best part is when the audience kept chanting to him, You suck, you suck, you suck. He said, Hey, you know your mom? He said those... Wait, what? Oh, I apologize. Oh, wait, wait, okay, okay. So everybody kept yelling to him, You suck, you suck, you suck. So he addressed them. He said, Hey, you guys know your mom? You know, the woman's whose basement that you still live in? Well, your mom swallows, because they were saying he sucks, and the place lost it. It was crazy. Then he made another good knock about video games and about them being virgins. Um, Jungle Boy took to the ring next and he was on Luchasaurus's shoulders of course uh, I really like Jimmy Havoc's entrance music and his ring gear slash face mask I was just going to go on about how I hate Hangman's stupid horse entrance but with the pyro added to it it's not bad a little into the match, Jungle Boy went for a hanging moonsault off the ring post, and he botched it. He almost broke his neck. But I, I never legit seen anybody get up so smooth and so quick, so thank God that it worked out that way. Because he could have seriously been hurt or paralyzed. I have never seen a crowd, excuse me, I have ever seen a crowd was still behind him strong too, because usually when you botch like that, you lose them, but they were still behind him, so it was good. Uh, later, MJF and Hangman finally met one-on-one face-to-face in the middle of the ring. MJF chop-blocked his knee, and he was going for the shoot, sharpshooter. While he was going for the sharpshooter, MJF was mocking, mocking the legend Bret Hart, because you know the beef they had last pay-per-view. Uh, M, uh, excuse me, Hangman was able to reverse it, and in the end, with a very, very, very weak finish, Hangman Page won. You could see, excuse me, how they, what a great effing match it was, and it definitely didn't slow down the pay-per-view. Uh, after that, we did have Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allen. I did pick Darby Allen to win. Uh, Darby Allen bought a body bag to with him to the ring. His entrance music kicked anus too. The body bag was all black and then white. It had spray painted on it, Cody, and it said one and one, referencing Cody's record so far. Cody's entrance kicked ass too. He has one of the best entrance songs in the biz. It sums up his career up until this very point, and it's very deep if you listen to the lyrics. Brandy took to the stage first, and holy fuck, as always, she looked amazing, and she definitely let the girls out to breathe tonight, if you know what I mean. It's the best outfit that she's had so far. Cody was pumped, and as always, he has the crowd pumped. Cody can always get the crowd pumped, and I knew this one would not disappoint. And, whoa, Darby Allen is one quick mofo. Cody could not even get his hands on him for the first few minutes of the match. But when Cody did get a hold of him, he went to throw Darby into the turnbuckle. You could tell Darby was supposed to hit it sideways with his body. But I don't know if it was supposed to happen or not. It didn't look like it was supposed to happen. But he literally fucking flew in between the ring ropes onto the ring floor. And it looked insane. He should have been just broken, literally. I don't know how long this kid's career is going to last if he keeps doing stuff like that. It was friggin' crazy. Uh, let me see. Oh, yeah, and then there was 1.2. Cody is on the outside of the ring, like he's laying on it like he's beat up. Darby Allen on the ring apron across. Darby Allen climbed up the ring post. He suicide jumps off the top of rope all the way backwards without even looking. Cody moves, and he literally hits the side ring, the ring on the outside of the ropes, the hardest part of the mat and the whole ring, straight on his back, man. I thought he was going to be friggin' 
paralyzed. It was imperialized. Uh, Cody then went and picked him up and put him in his own body bag, and he gave him his disaster kick when he jumped off the rope and kicked him right in the head. It was crazy. Darby kicked out. Throughout the match, the announcer kept counting down the time, so you knew it was going to come right to the very end. Uh, with 30 seconds left, they did an awesome spot. Cody went for the pin, uh, and the time of the match ran out. It was a second too soon, so then it was a draw. The crowd was going nuts. They didn't want a draw. They wanted a winner. They wanted five more minutes. They wanted them to keep fighting, what have you. Out of nowhere, Sean Spears, a.k.a. WWE's Ty Dillinger, comes into the ring with a steel chair and legit hits Cody right in the head. Chair shots are back in AEW. This is no attitude error, PG error, bullshit, WWE. This is what we've been missing. ECW, hardcore, just balls to the wall. Uh, I don't know why Spears would do this. It's because him, in real life, him and Cody are really, really tight. But I guess that's how you get up higher on a card, by fighting with each other. Uh, MJF and every SCU and Brandy came out. That, well, Brandy was already out there, but they came out to help uh, excuse me, Cody. And then um, he had a huge gash in the back of his head. There was blood air. Everywhere. After the match, they had the doctor and Jim Ross and the announcers. They had the doctor out there, but Jim Ross and the announcers had to cover for time, and they did not do a good job at all. Like, literally, I know it was on a flyer, all that, but I mean, it just felt very, very awkward. I don't know. It was weird. Uh, all right. Well, I was going to keep going, but I'm already 16 minutes into this. So I'm going to take a break real quick, and then we'll get to the last two matches of the night. We still have the Elite versus the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid, and we do have John Moxie and Joey Janela. Plus, we do got to get the Ring of Honor Best in the World pay-per-view results also. On that, uh, they uh, the Villain Enterprises did, they, did debut uh, new six-man tag team belts. Well, three-man tag team belts. And then they also did debut their newest member of Villain Enterprises. So you don't know who the newest fourth member of Villain Enterprises is. Definitely stay tuned. But remember, it's the AEW Insider on all major platforms, Facebook, Twitter, what have you. And we'll be right back. we got to pay some bills. All right, peeps, we're back with the second half of the show. This is the AEW Insider. All right, let's get back into one of the final matches of the night. It was the Elite versus the Lucha Brothers and the Laredo Kid. My picks were the Lucha Brothers and the Laredo Kid. You already know this match was going to be effing insane. The entrance of the Elite sure as hell was. It was done just like a video game. Matt and Ken, excuse me, Matt and uh, excuse me, his brother came out dressed like Matt and Nick came out dressed like Ryu and Ken from Street Fighter. They had the red eye, red and white outfits. Matt had the red uh, bandana on for Ryu, and they had the Street Fighter outfit totally on. On their tights, it said Super Kick, but it was done in uh, uh, Street Fighter script the way they do their lettering. And then also they had their signature tassels on their boots. So I mean, it looked freaking awesome. Then the lights went dark, and you see the, uh, the Akuma, Akuma from Street Fighter, his signal flashed on the screen. And then uh, the lights went up, Omega's music hit, and the fans went crazy. Uh, it was crazy before that, though, because it looked like a fan just came out and started running up the ramp, which I knew was fake. And when the lights went off and they came back on, the fan was laid out, and they acted like Kenny Omega hit him with the death touch like Akuma has. So it was dope. It's one of the best entrances I've ever seen. You've got to go 
see it, especially if you're a video game fan, and especially if you're a Street Fighter fan. Uh, the announcer started the match by saying, uh, saying uh, what you call, ready, fight. You know, I mean, like a Japanese movie's ready, fight, like Street Fighter. So, I mean, it was so kick-ass. And holy fuck, man, the match was just one of the dopest ever. Uh, let me see. All right, uh, they did a, a slice of slice bread off the top ropes that was insane. Nick did it. Uh, there was a botch though. Like Nick went to run up the ropes, he slipped, but then he caught on the ropes. The Lucha brother actually walked across the ropes, grabbed him by his neck, and did a slice bread to the outside of the mat. And thank God his brother was there, which he was supposed to be. But holy crap! If you guys don't know what a slice bread is, you have to go check out the move. For years, it was banned in wrestling. Last time I seen it brought back, and it's been back strong ever since, was in the Cruiserweight Tournament for WWE. Uh, Brian Kendricks did it. But the slice bread up, off the top rope, up, like standing there balancing onto the outside, is just unheard of. Uh, also, there was a great three-on-three -three spot when the Elite stood in the middle of the ring right across from the Lucha Brothers. They went to go hit each other. The Luchas reversed it. When they came back, the whole Elite hit them with a Street Fighter fireball. You know how Ryu does his fireball and Ken? They hit them with that, and they laid the bro uh, Lucha Brothers out. It was so friggin' awesome. Uh, the match just kicked ass, for real. But in the end, Omega did pull out the win with the one-winged angel, and it was just amazing. You have to go watch it. Uh, now, and then they said they acted like the show went off the air often after that because they're acting like the match between John Moxley and Joey Janela is non-sanctioned, so it's going to be crazy. So they're like, when the lights go off and then they come back on, you know, when the lights go off, the show's over. When they come back on, it'll be the non-sanctioned match, you know what I mean, yada, yada. <clears throat> right before that happened, I did see Nick Foley, his daughter, Nicole Foley's, and her boyfriend, Frank the Clown. They were in front row. Uh, Frank was not in his clown gear, and we did meet them at WrestleCon in April, and they are very, very cool. Nicole Foley is so fucking super hot, it's not even funny. All right, so let's get to the final match of the night, even though it wasn't the so-called main event, but it was the real main event. It was John Moxley versus Joey Janela. My pick was Joey Janela. Uh, Janela did not lie on Twitter. His new theme music is dope. That guy's so underrated. I'm so glad he's going to get his due in AEW. Uh, Janela has been in the game for since he was 15 years old. Uh, the Death Riders music then hit. John Moxley came into town. The place went fucking insane. At one point in the match, a man legit had a prosthetic leg. He tossed it to Joey Janela, and Joey Janela hit John Moxley with it, and then he gave it back to the gentleman so he can get home, I guess. Uh, at one point, Mox reached under the ring and legit pulled that. I always say legit, so you know, but I mean, he really pulled out a barbed wire chair. I've never seen it before. The whole chair was literally covered in barbed wire, and it had fake bloody tissues on it, acting like that was John Moxley, how he cut his hands on it, wrapping a barbed wire around it. So that was a nice little touch. Uh, he hit Janela in the arm, and he had to pull the barbed wire out. The crowd would chant it, you sick fuck, you sick fuck. And to that, John Moxley bowed to their chance. He loved it. Then Janela, excuse me, Janela lambased Moxley across the back with the barbed wire chair. His look, his face looked insane when he got hit on the back with that barbed wire chair. You got to see it. Moxley's a good actor, and plus I know it did hurt some too. Uh, later, Mox pulled out a piece of plywood covered in barbed wire. AEW is not playing the bullshit with the PG area rules. WWE be put on notice. Uh, Mox ended up being the one put through it though. It looked painful, and his feet were all caught in it. 
Uh, there were also two tables and ladders introduced into the fray. Janela climbed the ladder while Moxie was laid out on the tables, and he did a flying Macho Man elbow, and he landed right on Moxie through the tables to the ring floor. It was definitely awesome. The crowd went insane and chanted, holy shit, holy shit. Then Janela pulled out another table of barbed wire and set it between the ring barrier and the ring itself. Mox picked them up and tossed them from inside the ring to the outside, and he went through the table, through the barbed wire, and he was all caught up, caught up in it on the ground. It was insane. The arena kept screaming, A-E-Dub, A-E-Dub, like E-C-W, but A-E-W, you know. Uh, Mox went and got a bucket from under the ring. He emptied it out, and it was full of fucking thumbtacks. It was a bag, just thumbtacks all over. And business is picking up. Uh, Mox took off Janela's boot. Like, oh my god, is he really going to put him on those dumb packs with bare fucking feet? He went to put Janela's feet on it, but Janela reversed it. Then Dean literally just picked him off and just tossed him. He tossed him like a rag doll onto the pile of friggin' thumbtacks. Then he picked Janela up and he slammed his exposed foot right on the pile of thumbtacks. There were thumbtacks sticking out all over from Janela. Worse than Jericho when he had his thumbtack match. Like, you gotta see this shit. Uh, Dean then went in the bucket and he pulled another huge bag of thumbtacks out. Uh, Dean went to go hit him with the paranormal shift, you know, whatever, the paradigm, paradigm shift. It's the dirty deeds, but that's what he calls it in AEW, the paradigm shift. Uh, he hit his finisher, and they both went through the dumb tax. They did it for the love of the biz, you know what I mean? Both of them had dumb tax stuck all out of them, in their backs, their hair. After John Moxley hit him with his finisher on top of the dumb packs, he went for the... Th no, after he hit him with it, he just picked his head up, like, got up off the mat, and you see him spit a dumb tack out of his mouth. Match, excuse me, his mouth. It was insane. So, I mean, it was crazy. So, thumbtacks were stuck in their bodies everywhere. It was a great match. Then, out of nowhere, I mean, John Moxley got the one, two, three after he did all that. Then, out of nowhere, Kenny Omega comes out for revenge. He hits Moxley with the V-trigger. He buries Moxley under two ta tables that are already broken. And then he does the coup de gras right on top of the tables and Moxley. Then, he beat him all the way to the back of the arena. And they were at the empty band stage. Beat him with microphone stands, drumsticks, hit him with the drum, put his head in. It and hit him off the crack. He hit him across the back with the electric guitar. As a ref carried John Moxley, he they bumped the cameraman. The cameraman fell. The cameraman were all in the way all fucking night. You gotta see it. That's the only thing bad. My only little gripe about this pay per view are the cameraman. They need to get the fuck out of the way. Um, Omega attacked him some more up the ramp with a garbage can. Omega's pissed for about, excuse me, before their fight in two weeks. He then hit Moxley with his own finisher. He hit him with the dirty deeds. A.K.A. Paradigm, uh, excuse me, came and talked today. Paradigm shift right on top of the garbage can, right onto the ring, and then he just stood victorious on the stage. But John Moxley was still smiling while he was laying bloody and beaten on the ground. Holy fuck, man, that pay-per-view was kick-ass, seriously. WWE, it's not even because this is the AEW Insider, it's not because I'm a mark of wrestling or AEW. This is exactly what us wrestling fans have been looking for. I can't say it enough. The show, the stories, the build-up, the hardcore, the blood, just everything. This is what we need. AEW is going to be fucking huge. Um, at the time of the recording of the show, a little info about Cody Rhodes' nasty chair shot to the head was released. Um, the outcome was that he got 12 stitches and he has no concussion. Thank effing God. Uh, glad to hear you're okay, Cody, for real. 
All right, now we're on real quick to the Ring of Honor Best in the World results last night, and uh, we'll be done with this. Uh, Rush Gordon, I mean, Rush did open up the show versus Flip Gordon. The match is just crazy. Those two both are just fucking insane. If you haven't watched, we have to. Both of them, literally. Rush is just a phenom, and Flash is just ridiculous, too. Uh, Rush did win, and he's still undefeated in singles, co singles competition. Uh, then after that, it was Dragon Lee versus my dog, Dalton Castle. If you don't know who Dalton Castle is, he's amazing. He plays a really, really gay character like Liberace, but he's not really gay. And he's got these two little gay assistants that take him to the ring called the boys. He uses them as human seats and shit. You gotta see him. He's the best. But Dalton Castle won as he should have. Uh, after that, it was Mandy Le Leon and Angelina, a.k.a. The Allure, versus Jenny Rose and Kelly Klein. Mandy Leon and uh, Angelia Love, a.k.a. The Allure, won. As soon as the bell rings, the lights go out. A strange video plays on a Titantron, and it's Maria Maniac. The Allure can't believe it. They escape before things get physical. Security tries to restrain Maria Maniac, and she handles them with ease. Tor she torture racks one guard, she picks the other ones up and a razor's edge and tosses them onto the lot at ringside. Maniac rips off her shirt and reveals a new tattoo that says Maneater. She poses to the end of the segment. After that, we had Jay Lethal versus Kenny King. Kenny King wins by pinfall. I've seen that guy live a couple times. Kenny King is fucking awesome. It's good that Jay Lethal put him over. Uh, after that, we had Silas Young versus Jonathan Gresham in a pure rules match. Jonathan Gresham won by submission. Uh, after that, we did have uh, the Briscoes versus Nick Aldis and his mystery opponent. Now, as we know, it was supposed to be the Briscoes versus Nick Aldis and Colt Cabana, but Colt Cabana got a serious injury. So Nick Aldis's new partner and newest NWA signee was no other than, I believe, I believe I called it on yesterday's show. But this is Nick's partner, and he's with NWA. And it is no other than Eli Drake. That's right. Eli Drake is NWA's newest and biggest signee, and the match was awesome. The Briscoes teamed up and they attacked all this. Uh, excuse me. Let me see. They put all this through a table. It was just a bunch of crap. But anyway, it was awesome. But Eli Drake was there, and it was a friggin' bomb. Uh, let me see. Alright, then we did have Shane Taylor versus Bandito for the Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor Television Championship. Uh, Shane Taylor did win by pinfall to retain the championship. Uh, then we had Villain Enterprises versus Lifeblood and PJ Black. I love Lifeblood. I love Juice Robinson, all that. I love Tennille, even though I'm pretty sure her contract's up and she's gone now. But in the Villain Enterprises did win by pinfall. They got to retain the Ring of Honor six-man tag team championship belts. They got new belts done. If you've ever seen Villain Enterprises, their logo with, like, the crow on it and shit like that, that's how the belt looked. They're gold, they're shiny, they got a bunch of plates, they're dope. So you got to check it out for real. Uh, let me see. All right, and then um, at the end of that, actually, um, 
a bunch of stuff went down with Lifeblood, yada yada, what have you. Flip Gordon came out to the ring. Uh, and Marty Skull was in the ring. Lifeblood was there. Out of nowhere, Flip Gordon literally super kicked a member of Lifeblood. Then he hit another one. And come to find out, the newest member of Villain Enterprises is no other than Flash motherfucking Gordon. Excuse me, listen to me, Flash Gordon, I'm sorry. Imagine if it was Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon just comes out of nowhere. But the newest member of Villain Enterprises is Flip Gordon, which is amazing, man. Flip Gordon is legit amazing. He's paying his dues, and he's going to make a kick-ass wicked heel. All right, finally to close it out, we did have Ring of Honor champion Matt Taven, who I do love, versus Jeff Cobb for the Ring of Honor World Championship. My dog Matt Taven win by pinfall, and he retained his Ring of Honor uh, World Championship match. It was actually Jeff Cobb's first loss by pinfall. Traven's the bomb, and I'm sure is, Traven is the bomb. I'm sorry, it's me. I can't even talk today. I'm excited about this pay-per-view. I'm still all getting up. I hop right on this mic. I should have calmed down, let my adrenaline go down because the AEW's taking over and whatnot. But it was actually Jeff Cobb's first loss by pinfall. And taping is the bomb. And I'm so glad they're giving him his proper title run. But that's it, folks. Sorry about the mess, uh, messes up, mess ups I'm doing and shit like that. I don't know what the hell is wrong with me tonight. But I wanted to get this out on the air as quick as I could. I'm so, so happy about this product that they're doing. There's no better time to be a wrestling fan. I was hoping they were going to uh, announce that the video game that they're talking to people with that they're going to be working on, but they didn't. It won't come. But anyway, if you did not watch it, you have to watch it. This is what you've been looking for. I don't care if you're the biggest WWE fan or whatever, Mark, blah, blah, blah. You still gotta watch it. Talent is talent. If you love wrestling, wrestling is wrestling. All right, guys. Well, we're out anyway. I got a bunch of wrestling news too, but I didn't even get to get it together. So I'm probably gonna do a new show show soon enough. But uh, definitely check us out on all major platforms. Check out my boy Two Tooth on Jabber Jabber Wrestling Universe. And join us, man. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Facebook or YouTube. It's the AEW Insider. I will be back soon enough. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benz. And thank you for joining me and the crew at the AEW Insider. Ciao.